like for breakfast? Hello, welcome, welcome back. Hello, loyal listeners. Yes. We hope you are well. We hope you are having a good time. We know Staying we're safe. having a good time. We Staying are. Staying safe. Yeah. Um, what else? Don't be lonely. Lots of people are struggling with the, you know, no one expected a second lockdown. It totally sucks. It's dark and miserable outside. Not like it was last time. Keep your, keep your spirits up, people. It's all good. Mm. Talk to your friends. Very, very <laughs> nice message. Um, yeah, Zoom your friends. Start a podcast. Yeah, Do it. exactly. Who cares if no one listens to it? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we had lots of listenership last episode, Jake. I think you'll find. And we did. We did. Yeah. And Thank you too, now, Martha, and to everyone who tuned in. Yes, exactly. And having discussed a very well-known topic, the US election, what are we discussing this week, Jake? Well, we're back to alienating listeners and <laughs> talking about weird shit that we find interesting. So we're going deep into the stoned ape theory the stoned ape theory which sounds pretty cool it is Even pretty if you cool. don't know about it you know it's going to be interesting and what is the stoned ape theory jake well well uh terence mckenna i believe originated the idea um and it's essentially his kind of contribution to trying to figure out how um, early human beings, uh, how their brains, I think they tripled in size over the period of like two or three million years, which... I don't think it was that long. I think... Was it that long? I think so. I think it was about three million years. I thought it only took like hundreds of thousands of years for us to like move from the cave Neanderthals or whatever. The caveman to the well, you might be right. I've got written down here that the brains tripled in size about half a million years ago, but it was over a period of about three million years, which still is like a blink of an eye in terms of evolutionary like biology. How old is the earth? Like 3.8 billion years or something. So and mushroom 1.5 1.5 4.5 4.5 billion okay not too far so super old in a, in the flash of an eye neanderthals or homo erectus or whatever brains tripled in size no one really understands why what are the catalysts um a lot of people think it was because we started like cooking food so we could get more nutrients and stuff from the plants some people think there was a step in like communication. Um, but it's obvious that actually we started eating magic mushrooms and just expanded the brain, uh, probably met God who gave people all kinds of wisdom. Um, and yeah, it's basically, the, yeah. So the idea is that one of the catalysts for kind of human evolution was the fact that we started just yamming magic mushrooms on the daily. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's not at all a far-fetched idea to say that early humans would have definitely eaten the mushrooms. Like, yeah, 
because they grow out of cow pats as well. Yeah, we're so like I... following the cows around and shit. Mm. Yeah, I think another part of the theory. In fact, so I googled it uh, like earlier, and technically, it's not a theory because there isn't any direct evidence of it. So it's actually a stone ape hypothesis because that, so if you want to be a stickler then it's a it's a stone don't be ape. A stickler no we don't we don't like <laughs> stickers um yeah but it's almost certain that they were eating them yeah so and... there's a lot of circumstantial evidence like we, yeah. at this kind of time we're also moving from hunter gatherer to more um agriculture and like you're starting to domesticate animals starting to follow you know, herds of fucking buffalo or, or cows or whatever. So, yeah, you are definitely coming into contact with these animals um, where magic mushrooms will also, like, grow in their manure or in the same places that all these animals are hanging out. Hmm. So, there's yeah, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence where you kind of, you can join the dots if you want to, and I want to. <laughs> Um, yeah, and also, obviously, the magic mushroom experience is a mind-expanding one, consciousness-expanding one, and so maybe that consciousness expansion results in some brain expansion too. Yeah. Doesn't well, we, seem so crazy. Exactly. We've spoken before about, like, neural imaging and brain scans, and you, you can see when you're when you've taken psilocybin, there are all these parts of the brain that wouldn't usually speak to each other and wouldn't usually be connected. But when you're on psychedelics, they are. They're, they're, there's more connections. Mm, uh, and you create new neurons as well. Yeah, right. So that's... But also, to argue against our own theory here for a little bit, I'm pretty sure it like lowers brain activity. So if, the, right. if it's lowering brain activity then surely it would result in... Yeah, I, I don't know what... It depends what kind of brain activity, I guess, because the, there's lots of... I mean, yeah, there's ar arguments that you, you... It actually enhances things like um, your ability to, like, see. You mm. can, your visuals are enhanced, so maybe that helps foraging or like looking out for predators you might have been quicker to notice things if you were tripping it or also you... apparently increases your sexual activity and desire so yeah i'm not sure how much evidence there is for that i mm. like i think that was one where old terence was probably speaking for, for himself I don't, I don't know how much you know we're, we're a scientific podcast so we need good solid evidence <laughs> um just as an aside when i was thinking about this podcast and then and i remembered this time when i was in canada when i was doing my year abroad um and i just realized that everyone was an ape like literally everyone <laughs> and then i like was like seeing everyone as just a monkey that had like weirdly done some shit and it yeah. was like it was very strange times for a little while. Because I was like, my whole family, just like a collection of monkeys. Yeah. 
And then you're like, oh shit, I'm just a monkey as well. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good realization. Did anything strike like what what sparks that realization? Just Canadians are, are quite monkey like. I, ca- I can't really remember. Yeah, <laughs> no, not the first one. Um, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, just listeners and also Jake, just like try. Like, I'm trying to do it now a little bit. Like, I'm just looking at you. I'm just like, oh, that's just like a, a, a monkey. <laughs> Jake is doing big monkey ears and pretending to be a monkey, but he doesn't have to pretend because he already is one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty wild that we just you know are animals. And just evolved from animals. Well, I can tell you something else that's interesting. Not only are we all apes, because we're obviously descended from apes, we're actually descended from mushrooms ourselves. Well, do do expand on that. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a guy called Paul Stamets, S-T-A-M-E-T-S, Paul Stamets on, on the YouTubes. And he, he is a mushroom expert. He's a big fan. And so he was explaining that... Didn't he, didn't he wear a hat, which was just made, made of mushrooms? mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, that is how legit this, this guy is. Mm. Um, so you know you can trust a man wearing a mushroom hat. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he was saying that they found, like, fossil records <clears throat> of mushrooms from, like, billions of years ago. Um, so, yeah, technically we're descended from mushrooms as well which is cool Mm. maybe that's why we can communicate with them there's a new book called like entangled life which is like pretty big i think it's in quite a lot of like nice bookshops and it's by you know rupert sheldrake Mm, by his son who is called merlin sheldrake very cool name yeah um yeah about mushrooms and how we're connected to mushrooms yeah, there's there's a lot of like not even you don't even have to go down the magic mushroom route like to have things get really weird and interesting. Um, just like normal mushrooms that you kind of find out in the woods, they have this like mad don't, danger. Don't my my brother's been like doing mushroom picking recently, but like some of them can just kill you if you eat any of them. Oh, so yeah. don't just go picking mushrooms in the woods. Absolutely, listener warning. Yeah. Yeah, don't just eat mushrooms you find on the floor. Sorry, what were you going to say? I, I was just going to say that even those deadly mushrooms that you must not eat, they're still super interesting because they have this, what was described as like a mycelium, almost like a neural neural network where they can share, um, they can share nutrients and they can like almost like giving other areas a heads up if there's like, a fire or like something's going down there's no yeah. there's no right so they all like communicate in in obviously very basic different ways to us um but yeah it's pretty fascinating stuff even if you're not interested in the psychic- not necessarily more basic ways than us i would argue okay yeah fair um different yeah different different yeah potentially more yeah I just mean I don't know how like I don't know how nuanced it is. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, I don't know. Like, Maybe they're having deep philosophical discussions underneath the ground. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. Really interesting. Okay. 
about mushrooms that Paul Stamets, I learned from Paul Stamets earlier today. They did an experiment in, I think it was Japan, with mushrooms. And you can basically, the mycelium, you can make it go through a maze, basically, like a rat maze. If you put, yeah, this is mental. So you put, uh, like, I don't know how you do it, but like a bit of mushroom. I've seen the video, so it's legit. A bit of mushroom at the entrance to the maze. And then at the exit of the maze, you put like a bit of food. So like an oat or something. And you can lit and the maze is filled with like slime. And the you can watch the like the mycelium or the, the fungi or whatever it is. You can watch it move through the maze and find the this little oat thing. And so you can just like see its little it looks like kind of like arteries like spreading out. It's wild. I'll have to I'm going to have to watch it on the video. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be visualized to be believed. But uh, yeah, I saw this like, um, what's that thing where they keep the cameras still and then all yeah, the time, time moves, lapse. like hours. Yeah, time lapse. Yeah. Of like some houseplants. And it just moves everywhere like mm. throughout the day. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, plants are probably way more alive than we give them credit for. I think for sure they are, yeah. Probably Very. conscious. I, again, difficult to prove or deny, which are my favourite things, which is why we're talking about this. <laughs> like, if it's difficult to prove, but equally difficult to dismiss. <laughs> like, fuck you, we've been talking about it for ages. This is why we're talking about the Stoke Tape, Stone Ape Theory, because you can say it sounds wild and bullshit, but you can't prove me wrong, so I'm going to keep talking about it because <laughs> it's interesting that is a dangerous game jake <laughs> jake trump no well trump can be proven wrong on lots mm, of true okay prove me wrong like go for it but okay. until you do i'm gonna keep <laughs> i'm gonna keep talking <laughs> especially in like fun things like this is it fun though or is it serious jake I think it, well, it can be both, right? It can be, it can be a fun answer to a serious question. I was going to say something. I can't remember what it was. Sorry, I just don't I, know what it was. I got really excited about intelligent mushroom life and threw things off, of course. <laughs> <laughs> also, just general feelings of oneness would be helpful to true, like prehistoric man. That is true the bond, the group together, if you, you're all kind of have this real inner feeling of connectedness, which is um, obviously a symptom of the psychedelic experience. True. And the brain was already closer to God anyway, when we weren't evolved, is my theory. And this, the, and someone else's theory as well, in the origin, the origins of and the history of consciousness, good book about how we're evolving and our brain is like, as we evolve, we move further away from God and the unconscious. And maybe I've remembered what I was going to say before, which was, no, I don't think I have, 
But oh. you know when like <laughs> But they were doing like cave art and shit as well. And it's like imagine mm. being that first what was going through the first ape's mind when it was doing the first drawing. Yeah, it's weird that I always think it's weird that um all the drawings are like of animals and mm. stuff. Like there's no self-portraits going down. That is true. Which you'd think would be the first thing. Like I've seen handprints and stuff, which is no, guess- but actually this relates to the the origin and history of consciousness book. Because I think like you see that outside first. So you see all the cows and shit. Then you can't see yourself, can you? So but then you do see your tribe, don't you? If you have a tribe. Yeah. So yeah, why it's... weren't you painting pictures of your tribe? Yeah, you think there'd be like the equivalent of a family photo. Unless you are one with your so one with your tribe that you don't see your tribe as being something other than yourself, and then you can't see yourself. So, you, mm. so there you go. There you go. You only paint what you feel is separate from you. Yeah. I like it. There you go. We've solved yeah. that one. We have solved that one. What's next? What else can we solve? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've figured out the brain tripling in size. We've figured out <laughs> cave artworks. This is it. You lucky, lucky listeners. They're along for the ride for some. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember I have actually remembered the interesting thing I was gonna say. And it, it relates to stuff which was we were talking about quite a long time ago. So I'm just going to rewind back to then. Um, so, you know, you were talking about how the there's the neural network that the mushrooms have. Mm. Well, interesting thing is if you zoom out loads in the universe, um, like the furthest picture away of the universe that we have looks like a neural network. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which doesn't make any sense in terms of like gravity and shit. Because I don't think how I understand gravity, the very much that we do. Let's let's explore this one, Jake. Let's prove this one. Okay. So yeah. pretty sure gravity means that everything goes towards the same central point until you reach some like equilibrium, which is like how the sun is the biggest point and then everything's evolving around the sun. How the fuck does this work? But what happens over time? Does things don't get how do well, we reach that equilibrium stage in the solar system? Just well, just kind of pure luck, I think, isn't it? <laughs> It's just kind of the mass of certain objects yeah. bring things towards them. So the yeah. sun is bringing all, like the sun is bringing the earth towards it. Yeah. But there are other forces elsewhere attracting the earth. And that's why it's all orbit. What are, what are the other forces attracting the earth? Is, is, and is the centri, centripetal, is that what it's called? Centripetal? Centripetal? The circular one, the force you get... Centrifugal. Centrifugal, maybe. I don't know. The force you get when you go around in a circle, which pushes you to the outside of the circle, which actually I'm pretty sure I read something that said that didn't actually exist. A flat earther 
told me that it didn't exist. He That was one of his main... I was chatting to this Flat Earther guy in Manchester a while ago, which is on YouTube. You can track it down. I, I oh, I to, think I remember that, actually. Yeah, I chatted to him for like 40 minutes. Anyway, one of his... One of his points was um, the, the earth is obviously flat or, you know, all the water would just fall off. If it was a ball, the water would just fall off the sides. And I said, well, I think it's because we're like spinning and, you know, flying around. Well, and gravity in the centre of the earth. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> the thing. I was just like, oh, I just brought up centrifugal force because I thought that was a clever thing to say and he, he wasn't buying it. But ba- yeah, there are all these forces acting on each object from different things, aren't they? Um, but when you said that, I got excited because have you? It's, it's like fractal. Have you heard mm. people talk about like things being fractal? Yeah. Where like if you zoom in on something it look it looks like it's the same. Yeah, there's a name for it. And Nobel Prize winner, Sir Roger Pebrose. Legend. He like this no, he didn't discover it. But he said something interesting about it. It was like it was those were discovered in the same way that like Everest was discovered. Which is an interesting thing to say. What what was discovered? In the the same- the fractal is it's got a it's got a name oh i see okay right mm, yeah yeah there's so many examples of like fractal things in nature and like mm. and seeds and all kinds of things the mandelbrot set it's called okay there you go what were you gonna say about it oh i just that i think it's interesting that things repeat themselves on a larger and smaller scale it, or, uh, whenever i see mm, yeah, yeah yeah whenever i see something talking about like fractals i always think about um as above so below which is this like mystical rule of the universe is like things on a higher plane or at a higher level often mirror things on like a lower plane so like the the neural network in the sky oh, oh i mean the the formation of the clouds and stars in the sky look a bit like a neural network in the brain. And if you zoom into like a cell within the brain, there's probably like a similar visual image again. And it all just kind of gets trippier and trippier. (laughs) Yeah. But so, but why would the universe look like a neural network? Because the way gravity works, how we both understand it, it should look like more of a solar system type thing, I believe. But there's these like long strings of like planets and galaxy connecting other long strings of Mm. clumps of neuron looking things, which are actually galaxies. Yeah. Like why the hell is it like that? Unless the universe is the mind of God. Well, that must be it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, figured that one out as well, haven't we? Yeah. In fact, I can go back to cool mushroom experiments uh, to give another example of this, kind of, I think. So when they did the, after they did the maze and the mushrooms like solved the maze and got to the little 
oat or whatever. They then did this thing where they they put the they drew out like a map of Tokyo <clears throat> and they put a little oat, so a bit of food for the mushroom. In... I, just, I love how this mushroom is eating oats all the time. I'm pretty sure that's what this video was. That's why I'm saying it so like assuredly. So you put the little like bit of food uh, corresponding to where the um, like subway stations in Tokyo were and then you put the little mushroom right in the middle and it expands out in to go and get all these bits of foods and it finds the best way like the most efficient way to eat bit of food and so it ends what up you mean like, expands out sorry so if you it's it's like a little spider web almost so mm. it like puts a little it looks like little tendrils kind of going out, like roots, basically. It looks like roots, um, like a time lapse of plant roots kind of finding their way to the nutrition. But the mycelium, the mushroom, has this level of intelligence that can find the most efficient way to and from all these bits of food. So it ends up mirroring the, the tube map for Tokyo that is pretty crazy yeah so maybe that's why the universe looks like a neural network because there is just a most efficient way of things to be connected to each other if that makes sense sort of like the Fibonacci sequence always appears in nature because that is just the most efficient way to get you know the the biggest number of seeds onto a surface area of a of a plant or whatever. Did that make any sense? That was a long Yeah, it did make lots of sense. Um <laughs> everyone needs to watch these videos. I'm gonna post them because they're amazing. Please do. <laughs> um yeah. It just makes me bored well not bored, but like you know when you're just like, oh everything's being as efficient as it can be. Mm. It's like, oh come on, give me some give me some non efficiency. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It still looks really cool, though, even when you're being efficient. Yeah, but if, like, everything's for efficiency, mm. then what's, like, well, what's, like, art for and stuff? Well, the, the, the I guess the art often the often these things like stars, neural networks, like all these things, you can, most people would agree that they look quite beautiful. Um, no, but I mean, why, why are we creating art or like doing anything that's harder than necessary? Oh, if well, like everything's I mean, for efficiency. Yeah. I mean, you could argue this might feel a bit Marxist. I don't know, but you could argue that art, is or a, a painting is an artist trying to trying to get um trying to Point get efficiently across yeah something across as efficiently yeah. as possible like you could you could do a rambling podcast for an hour or you could just you could draw, do that <laughs> or you could just draw a really cool painting and hopefully that would encapsulate all the kind of 
mm. thing you, you would hope to say. Yeah. Or, or it could just be like, oh, he's trying to paint so you look cool in front of all the girls so you can like reproduce more. But <laughs> yeah. I don't like that picture of the universe. No. So I don't really think that's what's going on. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... But maybe it is, though. You only have to look at yourself and say, are you being as efficient as you could be? No, no one is. So there's a lot of... No, but like... In between trying to figure out what's the best way to do something, but also what's like a fun way or an interesting way or a unique way of doing things. There's also value in that. Yeah, but maybe... I'm only doing any of those things in order to efficiently like reproduce. I hate this argument, but I've can't I've forgotten mm-hmm. all what the all the um counter arguments against yeah. this argument are. It's a difficult one to kind of refute because I I remind like I have a similar issue with people who are super religious and they say they're like being really good people. And like, well, are you doing it to be a good p- person or are you doing it because you think you might burning hell afterwards? Like, are you actually being good because you're good or are you doing it selfishly mm. to go to heaven? And it's like a similar thing where you just have to kind of know yourself and your motivations. Yeah. But it does all get very kind of squirrely. Yeah. But then, but consciousness might not have evolved because there's no real evolutionary, like consciousness isn't efficient in any way. It yeah, seems. there doesn't seem to be any reason for it. It doesn't seem yeah. to give any, like... Evolutionary help. Yeah. So maybe consciousness is the thing which escapes this pit of efficiency and evolutionary forces yeah because there's no end goal of consciousness is there but what's the end goal of evolution though because this is another thing as well because lots of people just consider evolution as this like fight for survival Mm. but like maybe we're evolving towards something as well like the singularity yeah yeah i guess i guess you could be yeah, you don't have to be evolving to a set point in order to be evolving. You can just be getting better without even knowing like, how you're doing it or why you're doing it. Um, I remember watching this, this thing on TV where it was like some fairly shitty Stephen Hawkins like, giving tasks. It was weird, but anyway, in order to prove or to kind of visualize the random nature of human evolution he split these people into like two groups and he had one one group were downstairs just randomly making shapes out of clay or whatever and then they'd like take them upstairs to these other people who unbeknownst to the people below them had like a big catapult on top of this roof and they were flinging these objects onto, onto and trying to hit a target in the field below. But the the so but they didn't know like the people making the objects to be thrown 
didn't know that that's what the objects mm. were for. But they they kept just by seeing. Oh, I can't remember exactly what it was. But, <laughs> but basically, they didn't have to know what the task was to improve their the objects they were making. Like the objects were getting easier and easier to throw accurately because mm. they could see the ones that were being rejected or something like that. So okay. They, they were achieving their goal. They were taking steps towards achieving a goal that they didn't actually know what that goal was. Um, yeah, but if if they were still getting rejected, then there's still quite a strong like yeah, but force pushing them towards a certain thing. Yeah, but but I guess the the analogy is just like humans die. If you're not fit for purpose, you die. But you don't really know what the fit for purpose is. Yeah. But certain but, traits will just be eliminated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'd still, I still think we presume that we're being, like, pushed from the past forwards by evolution. Yeah. But maybe also we're being pulled from the future to the past towards something in the future. Yeah, I, I I don't really buy this idea of like infinite progression of like we're just getting better and better. We'd started off as like stupid monkeys and now we're really clever people and we'll just become cleverer and better. Like I think there's it's more cyclical and there's like uh peaks and troughs. Um Yeah. I don't think we're like heading towards some perfect image or anything i think some things happen and we get better at surviving and we spread out everywhere and then like something an external force will cause us to like half of us will die like a virus will come and wipe out five percent mm. of the population and the people whose genetic code were really good at fighting against that virus will survive and so more people like those people will be born but they like didn't do anything they don't know that their their future ancestors won't know that they exist because their family like had this gene that protected them against the virus like it's it's just it's more random yeah i than like a forward path is is how mm. i see it i think there is a forward path yeah but you you don't um you're not taking into consideration all the ancient aliens and how kind of advanced we were millions of years ago yeah levitating the pyramids and mm. all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah this is what this well you kind of do because you 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 think that we're getting further away from God. <clears throat> yeah, I think we like evolve. We like, yeah, we We came out of the unconscious and the unconscious is God. And we moved further forwards in our conscious state away from the unconscious. And in that, there was a progression from unconscious to conscious where we were 
having lots of religious experiences and creating religion. Eating lots of mushrooms. And eating lots of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. um, but then but then I think there is like a an end point at the end where it like and maybe you reach the end point and then it cancels itself out and then goes back to the start point. Yeah, because I was gonna say surely the end point in that scenario would is be God again. God is coming back to yeah. So you come from oneness to separateness, the oneness again. Yeah. But you have to go back into separateness, right? You have to just keep going. Like a, yeah. like um rebirth or yeah, incarnation type stuff type stuff. Yeah. But we could I... certainly be doing that on a uh universe or yeah. scale. Yeah, like a, a species scale. Why yeah. the I feel like we probably are. And just to ground this conversation in in respected people, Jake. This is like what Hegel was talking about. I've been reading a bit of Hegel recently. Oh, great. I, yeah. But yeah, Hegel thinks like history is the development towards the absolute. Right. Which is God, basically. Yeah. And yeah. that like it's this process of like one thing cancelling out the next thing and then reaching the next thing. But then he also says that that end point is just like the present moment or like being in the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Mm, yeah. I guess it's your experience of it, isn't it? We're going to get into like really muddy waters about perception and reality and experience. But um, yeah. We, we entered the muddy waters a long time ago. We did. We did. <laughs> yeah. We're at home here, but. I'm trying to figure out a way to say that you so it's a realization it's not a it's not getting to a destination it's the realization that you're already there and you can access whatever you think you're trying to access now yeah yeah but i also think that that is true but i also think there's a mirroring process over history in the external, in inverted commas, world, which takes the shape of what history looks like. Maybe. I lost you a bit. What's what's so like reflecting? What's what's the so the process of us, of us psychologically is moving away from like the now, the present moment, out into like whatever mm -hmm. is the non-present moment. And then returning back to the present moment. Yeah. And I'm saying that history is also a moving out away from God, which is the present right. moment. Okay. And then moving back to God. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. So we, we moved out in a certain direction. We've ended up with Boris Johnson and Donald Trump. And we should now retreat and retreat back. Back to the ancient aliens. In the cyclical nature, mm. we should start hanging around in small groups, wandering around, yes. eating mushrooms in fields. Yes. And eventually, yes, keep going backwards, we will become again a, a god mind. Yes. There you go. Solve that one. <laughs> There's nothing else to solve. We've literally just <laughs> we've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I actually think one way that this might happen is in like AI and like simulation theory. Mm. Because like if, so we start off in God, move away. And then if we build like the singularity AI and it like does the intelligence explosion of like creating more AIs, which are just even more intelligent, blah, 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 infinitely onwards. Mm. And then, and then that's how you create God. And then that godly AI then just is like, oh, okay, let's do this thing called starting the universe. Well, yeah, maybe like the final stage is to just be like, right, let's do it again. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically what all like all the religions say. Yeah. And that is that is quite like a life affirming message, I think, to like because so Nietzsche has this thing, which is um, it's like a thought experiment of imagine if you were living your life over and over again. Imagine if like some demon came to you mm. in your sleep and was like, "You're you're gonna have to live this life that you've lived just now over and over again infinitely." Yeah, and then it's like, okay, would that be the worst news you could possibly get? Because, mm. you know, you hate your life and it sucks. Or is that the best news ever because your life's been so good and you loved it so much that living it infinitely over and over again would just be like heaven? Yeah, I don't think there's anything that you can do. No, but you don't know you're doing it over yeah. and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's like, I think I see that as like the ultimate test of whether you're affirming life or not affirming life. Is if you is if you'd be happy to do it again, for and over and over again for eternity. Over and over again for eternity. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but also, if you if you forget every time, it doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> like, it might be really shit, but you'd forget that it's shit, and you do it all again anyway. No, but so for this one moment, you know. Yeah. You know it's going to happen, and mm -hmm. it's like, is that the worst news ever, or is it the best news ever? But linking this back to our whole universe repeating itself over and over again, like if this future AI slash future ourselves is deciding to like kickstart the whole thing over again and repeat itself, then like we must have decided to do that, which means we have affirmed the whole of existence itself. Yeah. Which is a nice positive message. Yeah, yeah, it is nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we leave yeah. it there? Yeah. If there's any other, you know, big problems to be solved, questions you want us to just kind of bash out under an hour. <laughs> send send yeah, send them along. We, we do we... advice. We do, you know, career <laughs> advice. We solve problems with time and space you know you name it <laughs> i feel like this is highly successful um and we covered a lot of great ground from our basis in the stone date theory yeah well, that's what happens you don't even have to take the mushrooms all you have to do is start thinking about them and you just evolve <laughs> <laughs> thank you listeners
I, I hope this there's many listeners to this one because I think we're going to... I think we've learned a lot. I think the listenership's going to learn a lot. Yeah, frankly, it's more important subject matter than the US election. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely correct. Okay, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. you like for breakfast?